0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 214, which we are recording on Sunday, March 8th, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are once again at the University of California Santa Cruz campus and you will hear ambient bird noises because the birds around here are very happy because we actually got a little bit of rain over the this weekend. And we had a very
1: dry February, actually a totally dry yeah,
0: February. We, we did
1: not have a single inch of rain. single drop all. of rain. Yeah, a it single was, drop. Yeah. So that's obviously not good for one of your
0: winter months. Yep. So the birds already think it's spring and they have, as soon as we started recording, they got quiet. Yes. But they were pretty loud that. before that. So if you hear bird noise, that's why. So Shaleen, what are you wearing? Today, I am wearing my
1: May Pop hoodie, which is a pattern by Susanna Winter. Gail and I both knit this pattern for the Colors of Fall 2019 Knit Along. Thank you, everyone, who knit along with us last fall. And I had waited too long to put buttons on mine. I waited a little longer than I should have because once I put the buttons on, I realized how much I really loved the sweater.
0: (laughs) Well, but now it's going to be a good transition into spring sweater. I think you'll get a lot of wear out of it this time of year where you wouldn't have before.
1: Absolutely a perfect transitional sweater because I knit mine in the Holskarn Coast yarn, which is 50% wool, 50% cotton. So it's definitely a sweater that is for milder weather and perhaps, well, I probably would not have worn it even if it had had buttons during our really cold month of January. So it's perfectly situated now to become something in my regular rotation. Yeah. I (laughs) I think mine's
0: in the same place. yeah.
1: Yeah. So that is May
0: Pop Hoodie by Susanna Winter. What are you wearing, Gail? I am wearing a self-indulgent knit-along finish from last year. The Throwback, which is a cardigan by Andrea Maori that has a colorwork yoke. It's a circular yoke sweater. And I've actually been wearing it a couple times lately. It's been just chilly enough. Mm-hmm. And I actually wore it with a skirt the other day, which was nice. perfect because then I wasn't overheating. Right, And I love this sweater. We don't get that much opportunity for worsted weight sweaters around here, so we have to take the opportunities when we get them. (laughs) Very true. And this is worsted weight. It's knit with mostly neighborhood fiber companies studio worsted in a colorway I can never remember but it's kind of a brick, a red brick color. Yeah. And I love it. I really, really love it. It looks really good with pink, too. (laughs) Which is a bonus. In the color work section, I have light pink, gold, and off-white a natural color. So the colorway, just the color combination, I should say, just makes me happy, and the sweater feels good. And I have buttons, these very large buttons, and Max commented the other day, my, what large buttons you have. <laughs> and uh, they were actually from a flea market in France when we oh, lived cool. there. So I finally got a, a reason, a sweater, that they worked with, so I was very pleased. So that is The Throwback by Andrea Murray. What have you been stocking since Stitches?
1: I've found a couple of new things that are interesting on Ravelry. The first one is just for fun. And something that I guess the birds got me noticing because Gail and I were talking about how we have both been hearing so much bird song lately. It's awesome.
0: Every morning it's like a symphony of bird music. It's incredible lately. So
1: this pattern is called Borb the Crow by Verdandi Scove and it's the only pattern from this designer listed on Ravelry and it is a free pattern and there there is a download link on Ravelry. The pattern does not seem to be hosted on Ravelry but it there is a link there I believe to the designers either the designer's website or the designer's a download uh, like download page a download yeah. page yes but borb the crow is a funny little cute black bird with a comically large body and little wings <laughs> so the bird probably actually couldn't fly if it were that weight to wing mm-hmm. ratio but it is really cute really really cute all black big eyes and just one of those fun little toys. I haven't looked at the pattern, so I don't know how fiddly it is, but given my love of birds, I would like
0: to have a little Borb with (laughs) a crow. See, that's interesting that you're choosing a crow because just on the drive up, I was telling Charlene, we have a Mm -hmm. nesting pair of hawks that are in a nest that we can see in our backyard. And when they're there, our neighborhood crows are not there. They mm-hmm. do not get along. So I'm happier when the crows aren't there because I know that means my hawks are there. My hawks. You see how I just claimed them as my <laughs> own personal hawks. But um so it's funny when I think of crows, I think, oh no, they keep all the, hawk- the well, other birds away. Yeah.
1: And this one, it doesn't really look like a crow. It just looks like, like a cute, bird. So it's not, bird. I don't necessarily think of it as being crow-like. It's just a little bird. That's just its name. Yeah. yeah. And I like birds.
0: So. And you could do it any color too. And you, yes, It could exactly. be any kind of bird. I could not that it there's a anything wrong bird. with crows. They're very <laughs> intelligent birds. They're incredibly intelligent. They but are super they keep, smart. Yeah. And they keep all my other birds away, which is, mm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I interrupted. You.
1: Sorry. <laughs> so that is Borb the Crow by Verdandi Scove. The second one, I'm not sure how I would pronounce this. It's E-E-Z-R-A, so I don't know if it is named after someone, or if it's Ezra, Hmm. or Ezra, perhaps. But this is a pattern by Rosa P., and it is a tunic that looks so cozy. It has a split hem, and the hem is rounded. It has two patch pockets on the front mock turtleneck and it's really cute the way they have it styled with skinny pants or leggings because like i said it's a tunic weight or tunic length and it just totally looks like something i would or could wear (laughs) very easy very easy to knit as well as to wear because it looks like the majority of the garment is stockinette in the round and then the little patch pockets to finish off.
0: Very cute. Has that been in hot right now recently? Yes, I have yes, I've, so. I've seen it. It's very cute. Yeah.
1: And it is made with two strands of sport weight held together. One light strand and one dark strand oh. for a marled look. I would like to knit it, of course, in a lighter gauge. I don't know if I would want two strands of sport weight held together unless it was rather a loose gauge and i believe it is a loose gauge but the drawback is that currently when i looked at the pattern it was only in
0: german well that makes it difficult (laughs) difficult for me exactly not difficult
1: for the, the german German-speaking speaking people. audience correct
0: <laughs> or the ones who can read german yes, yes
1: yeah and of course i can always find somebody to translate it and someone on ravelry did ask if there was going to be an english version and it looked like there was going to be an english version coming but it, Next it was a very cute pattern so that's isra by rosa p and the third thing that i have been stalking is another pullover sweater called Swinside. The designer is named Becky Baker, and the shape of this pullover sweater is basically a boxy. When you look at it, you think boxy, but it has this textured stitch along the bottom hem of the sweater, and actually more than just the hem, maybe along the bottom third of, or so of the sweater and then the bottom third or so of the arms that just gives it this slightly sporty athleisure kind of look to it mm. like a like a branded sweatshirt or something right. like that it's really cute oh i'm gonna have to check that out. yeah i really like this one and i keep debating it's like oh would i really want to knit something like that. It's basically a boxy and not that I would mind knitting another boxy, but it's like, do I need to purchase another pattern for another boxy sweater? I have so many patterns
0: for boxy sweaters,
1: but this one's pretty
0: cute. (laughs) I'm going to have to check that out because I still do want a dark gray boxy type garment in my wardrobe.
1: I think you would like it. I'll show it to you.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: So it's called
0: Swinside by Becky Baker. What are you stocking, Gail? So for those of you who have listened to us for a long time, this stocking will not come as a surprise. <laughs> Hoki Locatelli just released a new sweater called Wool and Berries, and it's very cute. It's very simple, yet just the type of sweater that you and I wear mm-hmm. all the time. It's DK weight. It is striped and it has positive ease. I don't think it's quite as oversized as her boxy designs, but it does have that same vibe to it. And I knit a few years ago the Shell Seeker by Heidi Kiermeyer with three different colors of DK weight woolmise yarn. And I wear that sweater a lot. And I've been thinking about making another one just like it. Uh-huh. In the other three skeins of wool mice mm-hmm. DK I have. So the first set was bright green and then a dark gray and a light gray. This one is bright pink, a light gray, and a dark gray. So I was thinking, ooh, I could color block wool and berries, mm-hmm. or I could knit another shell seeker. So that second shell seeker has been in the back of my mind for at least two years. And then wool and berries came out, and I thought, oh, this might <laughs> be a different way to use the same three skeins of yarn. So I wouldn't do it exactly like Hohe's. But one of the cool design features in this is she has a little fake button placket that goes over the top of the shoulders where she actually sewed buttons on it. It's completely ornamental. It's not functional, but it's cute. It's a nice different little take on it. Yeah, sort of like,
1: I think, boxy and and buttony. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Similar idea. decorative buttons. Yes, exactly. And funny button story. So I just mentioned the buttons on my throwback and how Max noticed them. Well, Josie has been noticing the buttons on my sweaters because I've been wearing... Cardies lately. Mm-hmm. And she said, Your buttons are always so pretty. And I said, Thank you. I kind of collect buttons everywhere I go. I have my own button stash. So it's nice when your buttons get noticed. Yeah, so for sure. That's a good way to use some buttons you may have had in your stash for a long time that haven't worked in a cardigan. You can use them ornamentally. It's like jewelry for your sweater. Exactly. I like that <laughs> idea. So that's Wool and Berries by Hohi Locatelli. The next one is. A new-to-me designer, it's called Hazel Dean, and the designer is zawe Design, and I'm hoping, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It is a light fingering, kind of coat length sweater with a shawl collar, and it has an all-over cable texture, and it's not heavily cabled. If you look at it quickly, it doesn't even look like cables so much. Mm-hmm. It looks more like a twisted stitch, mm-hmm. maybe, kind of texture. So it's not busy, but because it's in light fingering, it would also be light. And I was looking at that thinking my new sweater quantity of Sincere Sheep's Rambouillet fingering white yarn, it would be beautiful. And the only issue is that there's only one project on Ravelry. So I don't know the designer and I kind of don't want to jump in and knit a sweater that would use precious yarn, and it would be a long knit because it's it's big. Yeah, it's yeah, coat it's length basically. Sweater. So I'm kind of watching that and seeing what else comes out, yeah. and that you know who else knits yeah, it. That's smart. And then it was interesting because Linda Linda Gale RN she put in what are you stocking and earburned me on Ravelry saying, look at this really cute kid sweater. It was by Zowie Designs. Oh, wow. Like, that's interesting. I've never heard of her. And then, boom, twice in just a matter of, I think, three days. It was interesting. That is interesting. And then the third thing I'm stalking, also because of the ramboulet, is Long Love by Anka Strick. And she had another sweater of a similar name, which is the shorter version of this sweater. It is also a light fingering weight, kind of it's not really coat length, it's more tunic-y length, but I'd knit it longer than that. And this one has a mini shawl collar. The Hazeldean had a nice substantial shawl collar. Mm -hmm. Well, Long Love has a very thin, almost a mock shawl collar, kind of is more like a rolled collar. And it has an all over lace pattern. So that one is all over cable, one is all over lace. And they both just look so pretty and I've enjoyed my two a clouds, but both of those I knit in straight stockinette, which the pattern is not straight stockinette, right. but I did knit it that way. So now I'm kind of craving one <laughs> with some texture in it, and I don't just want to knit another like a cloud, because that yeah. would be my third. Right. Although it is tried and true for me, so yeah. maybe. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> but I'm looking at all of those. And again, that last one was Long Love by Anka Strick, and I should explain the Rambouillet That is a sheep breed, so I purchased a sweater quantity of this particular fingering weight yarn at Stitches, and I never did mention what Rambouillet is, I don't think. So it's a sheep breed, and it just gives a different type of feel to the yarn than Merino, which is kind of the standard yarn I think many knitters use. So I'm really looking forward to knitting that, so I've been doing a lot of stocking related to that particular (laughs) yarn purchase. What have you been knitting? We haven't talked about our actual knitting in a couple of weeks. We haven't. So this is exciting. Yeah, this is
1: exciting. I've got two things going right now. Both of them I'm quite excited about. Both of them are heavily purple. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that out, out there right in the open. I've The last six months or so, I've really just given in to the crush of purple that has invaded my life and stash. Good for you. (laughs) Go with it. I I still have a lot of gray too, but for some reason, the things that I have been picking out recently have been predominantly in the purple family. So I'm just going with it because it makes me happy. Yep. (laughs) So the first one is Goldfish Memory, which is a beautiful rectangular shawl design by Pinka. I am knitting mine in a skein of Candy Skein Yummy, a skein of Miss Babs Yummy, and then <laughs> a skein of Wooly Wonka Sock. Those all sound fairly edible they did absolutely <laughs> that's
0: why i was giggling you've got yeah. yummy yummy willy wonka it's not yes, really willy wonka exactly. but still
1: yeah yeah and i am just loving the way this is knit up so the three skeins are going to like i said it's a rectangular shawl so the three skeins are going to knit up into a fairly sizable shawl but the nice thing is that it's going to be a little bit smaller than my fading point which was 5 skeins. I shouldn't say the nice thing, just the different. Uh, by nice I mean it'll be different than yes. my fading point so that I have two sizes of rectangular shawls cuz you know everybody needs at least two sizes of rectangular Every shawls. Every knitter certainly
0: needs a variety yes, of different size shawls in their and rectangles shawl, and triangles and crescents and
1: yes. Yes, yes. in their shawl wardrobe. So it's not, strictly speaking, a rectangular shawl because you do increase at one end and decrease at another end. So there's, it's on a bias. bias, Yes. So what would that be? A parallelogram? I think so. Would that be a parallelogram? I think so too. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So, and there's different stitch, stitch, stitch patterns throughout the shawl there's some striping there's some lacy parts there's some garter stitch thrown in there's different just different stitch patterns throughout and you use the three colors in different ways so there's a lot of color play going on there I have a very light color that has some sparkle in it I have a medium purple gray and then my bright color has it's a speckled yarn that has pops of purple and turquoise I'm loving it I can't (laughs) wait to see it it sounds so pretty and I really love the way that the designer Casapinka writes patterns also they're easy for me to follow she writes them out in a way that works for me so that's a good thing So that is Goldfish Memory by Casapinka. Second thing I am working on and is actually in my hands right now is my Bits and Bobs Blanket, which is a pattern by Kay Jones. And I started this one to have something fairly basic to knit while I was at Stitches. And I used it in that way when we were, when Gail and I were sitting in At dinner or at the common areas or when we were at our get-together, I pulled it out and I was able to talk and knit on this very easily, did not mess up the pattern. Yay! And even though I've got two skeins of yarn going at the same time, because I am doubling them, doubling some yarn, I'm using some old Cascade sport yarn that has been in my stash forever and i kept thinking i was going to make a sweater out of it and i don't know why i never got around to making a sweater out of it i think it's because there was always some new shiny yarn that i wanted to use
0: we have to change that whole old yarn because as soon as you said it i thought It's not old. It's It's not. It's deep stash. It's it's deep stash. It's been in your stash for a long time, but that doesn't make it old. It just doesn't have the right vibe to it. That's true. That's true. We'll call it, yeah. Deep stash. Deep stash. (laughs) It's yarn that has been stashed for a while. (laughs) And I just used my deep stash the same we purchased on the same day. I used mine for super simple summer sweater. So we've both wow. used our yarn from that purchase in the last wow. little bit of time. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool.
1: Because that was deep stash. Yes. That was probably my deepest stash. I think it was um, right?
0: probably not my deepest. I so might have close. a couple
1: single skeins, but I think this was my largest quantity of deep stash. Yeah.
0: So doesn't it feel good to be knitting it? It does. And it's It so feels pretty. really good. And
1: like I said, I am holding it doubled with leftover fingering scraps from my own stash. So the Cascade Sport is purple and most of my fingering stash will go with this yarn. (laughs) So it's been very fun to pick up all these different bits of leftover yarn. And I've been making little 12 ounce balls and then I threw all those into a big Ziploc bag. And I try to, without too much thought or peeking, just grab, grab randomly a, a random ball. Every once in a while, I'm kind of looking because I want to make sure I don't accidentally get all the dark colors on one side, for example, and all the light colors on the other side. But because of the poor lighting it Stitches... Oh. I couldn't really tell yeah. when I was starting new ones there.
0: And our hotel room lighting was atrocious. Yeah. It, it was. was really bad. It was. It was there a bummer. There seemed to be a lot
1: less light in the hotel room this year. So that is Bits and Bobs. It's also going to be my retreat knitting project. So I'm trying not to knit on it too much. I'm knitting on it right now as we record because it's an easy project, but it's a big blanket. So I don't really need to worry about yeah, finishing you're it. Not gonna, <laughs> you're not going to finish it before the retreat. Yeah. So that
0: is Bits and Bobs by Kay Jones. What are you knitting, Gil? I am also still working on my third Bits and Bobs blanket. And I admit that all three of them, I did not do random. I wanted them to have kind of a Not ombre or gradient, but kind of just whatever my brain was thinking at the time, a specific flow. Mm -hmm. And mine is taking a really long time to do the border. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. It's an applied I-cord border, which means that you are knitting the border after you finish the rest of the body of the blankets knitting. You go around and you're picking up stitches to incorporate the I-cord border around the blanket. And it's really hard on my hands. It makes my hands hurt mm-hmm. after just a short period of time. So I'm not, I don't do, try to even work on it every day. It's yeah. like, you know, a couple times a week, I'll make some progress on it, but I'm not pushing that at all because I don't want to have an injury, you know? Of course yeah. not. <laughs> so I'm being very careful, but I really want to finish it. And the other thing, this is a, this third one that I knit, I think is the largest of the three. Mm-hmm. It's great because it's been chilly in the evenings and it sits in your lap while you're (laughs) working on the border. So it keeps you plenty warm. And I wanted to report the other two bits and bobs that I knit. One was baby size for my granddaughter Olivia and the other was couch throw size for Alex. And she recently moved and she put them into storage. And I said, well, why'd you put them in storage? And she said, well, They're too precious for where we're living right now. And I said, that is nonsense. You need to use those blankets. Take them back out of storage. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to need a replacement. Mm -hmm. It's not like that'll be difficult. So she did. She took them out of storage. And almost every time I FaceTime with them, I can see one of my blankets in the background. It makes me very happy. And speaking of gift knitting, there was a sigh involved with that one, though. <laughs> Josie, I heard it. Yep, Josie has requested a second sweater. So I knit her the Dottie cardigan as a Christmas gift, and it was the first sweater she ever requested from me, and she literally still wears it every single day. I gave it its second washing recently and harvested a full handful of not really pills so much as kind of it's weird to describe. It's like a halo that forms on the sweater, A halo. yeah, but it's not like pills. Like you can just pull off a little pill. I have to take scissors to it and trim Mm. the stuff off. And there was a full handful of it when I was done, but because the weather got really warm during February, she was taking the dog for walks and said, you know, my sweater's a little too warm for walking the dog lately. And sweatshirts just aren't as good because they don't cover my butt like my sweater does. So do you maybe want to knit me another lighter weight sweater? So we recently were looking at patterns and I said, well, what I really want you to do is wear some of my sweaters around so that you can tell me what weight sweaters you like. I said, any style you pick, we can adjust. It doesn't have to be the style of the sweater you're wearing, but I want you to get a feel for the fabric because mm-hmm. her dotty sweater is too strands of worsted held together so it's That's a very a heavy yeah, fabric very yeah. heavy very dense it's textured so it's just the wind doesn't get through it and i told her i said if you want a lighter sweater the wind is going to go through it unless i knit it at such a tight gauge that i won't want to knit it and right. she said okay well let me wear your sweaters around so we went through my closet and she wore my magnolia sweater which is a cardigan by hohi Catelli, which is a longer cardigan and she really liked the fabric, and I used Western Sky Knits single ply fingering for that. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so it's a very nice fabric. And she said, I love this. And I said, Okay, well, what do you and don't you like about the sweater? She said, Well, the sleeves are too tight because they're fitted sleeves and this and that. And I said, Okay, well, let's start looking at patterns for you. And I can adjust anything that, you know, I can do a different collar or a different hem or a different width sleeves. And for some reason, she grabbed my Blue Sands cardigan off of the dresser oh. to put on while we were talking. And she was wearing it around the house. And she said, why didn't you give me this sweater to wear? And I said, well, because right off the bat, she told me she didn't want mohair. She didn't want anything fuzzy. So I never suggested that she wear it because we were just testing things out for fabric. Mm-hmm. And she said, I love this sweater. Oh. And I said, really? She loves the design of she the sweater. She loves the design of yeah. the sweater. Absolutely. So I was trying to explain to her, it will be heavier than what you're wearing because you're, what you're wearing is my blue sand. I modified it so that it's a strand of lace weight yarn held doubled with a strand of mohair silk lace weight yarn. So it's very, very Very light light fabric. And she said, okay, no, I want it to be a little denser and heavier than this. So she still wanted fingering weight for summer. And so we wanted to go to the local yarn stores, but she wanted pastels. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's going to be kind of hard to find. And so I pulled up Cascade Heritage sock yarn, which I didn't even realize how affordable that yarn is. Mm -hmm. It's very affordable. It's like $12 for a skein. That's 437 yards, I think. Very affordable yarn. And they have a zillion colors. So she chose, this is interesting, the main color is lilac. It's a very light purple. The main contrast stripes are a light aqua. So these are both pastels. Uh And then the third stripe, and there's only one of this color is a light, light gray. I told Mm. her you're going to look like an Easter egg. And she said, that's (laughs) kind of the look I'm going for. Cool. So the yarn is on its way and I will probably be knitting this at the retreat because I think it will be fairly easy retreat knitting. I'll have to do some swatching and some math because the pattern is written for DK weight and this will be fingering. So I'll have to do some math, but I bought enough yarn to make the large and she needs an actual size small. But with the adjustments, I just wanted to make sure I'd have enough yarn. Right. So I'm not knitting it yet, but it was a whole knitting process that Josie and I went through over the last week and a half. And it was just so much fun to have her wear my different sweaters and she wore some that had lace panels in the back and she was just in love with the lace panel look. And we looked at sweaters that had lace panels and she just got really, really into it with me. It was really fun. The whole experience was fun, although it's going to be a lot of knitting and I have a (laughs) lot of sweaters I want to knit for myself. So that's why I sighed, but her 21st birthday is at the end of May. So I will have this done for her 21st birthday. Exactly.
1: That's good timing. It sounds really pretty. And I'm glad you described that because in many of our episodes, when we've been talking about choosing a sweater to make for yourself, everything that you just described is a great way for people to kind of analyze and reduce those variables of yes. things that they're looking for and cross things off the list. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. And with her, because she's so particular about what she likes, she even was when we hadn't nailed down Blue Sands cardigan, which is a pattern by Realili, if we're saying that right, she was saying things like, Well, I kind of like the way that textured look looks in that picture, but I don't think I want it in a whole sweater. Or Mm. I really like that lace, but it's going to let the wind through. And I know that will make my back cold. Or (laughs) she was very particular, which I really appreciated. And Definitely,
1: because it's hard to make something that personalized for somebody else when they don't give you those kind of
0: variables and that kind of detail. Yeah, and she was also great about saying things like, well, I think that color might be nice. But I'm not 100% sure, and I don't want to have a sweater that you knit for me that I don't want to wear. (laughs) So she's very, very considerate that way, too. Good. So that's the Blue Sands Josie version saga. But there are two other things I'm actually knitting. (laughs) So I just cast on the February hat, which is a pattern from the Book of Hats from Kelborn Woolens last year. And this hat is designed by... Oh, it's not on my printout. Darn it. I think it's Kelly Gagnon Osborne, but I'm not sure. Sorry, we'll put it in the show notes. And I started the January hat last month and discovered that I know my printer doesn't have color cartridge in it right now. So it only prints black and white, which is not usually a problem for patterns. However, I got past the twisted rib brim, which was annoying me and got to the first round of baubles, which were really annoying me, and realized that my whole pattern repeat was not centered on the ribbing the way Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be. So I was really annoyed. And I was looking at all sorts of other finished objects, thinking, how did I get this wrong? I was looking at looking for errata, trying to figure out what did I do wrong? I read the pattern 30 times and couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. And then for some reason I thought, well, I'm going to bring up the pattern on the computer just to look at it. Mm-hmm. There was a color line that didn't print when I printed the pattern that said, start your round here, which centered everything on the cables. So I was so frustrated mm-hmm. by the whole experience and I didn't want to knit any more rounds of baubles that I ripped that out and yeah. decided I wasn't going to knit that one. But now I've started the February hat and I've just started on the brim. It has a folded brim. So that's really all I have to say about it.
1: Well, and you are correct about the designer. Kate Canyon Osborne. Yes. Okay.
0: She's one of the co-owners of Kelporn Mullins. And then the other thing I cast on that I am knitting very, very joyfully, I cast on the Magnolia Chunky Cardigan by Camila Vad, which I stalked after Stitches. or well, stocked because of Stitches. Mm-hmm. We saw someone we wearing saw it at one, Stitches. saw a beautiful one exactly and I had half of the yarn I needed in stash at home and found the other half that I needed at stitches so I'm using let's backtrack the pattern calls for a strand of DK weight held with two strands of mohair silk to give you a chunky weight and I'm using two strands of Tosh Merino light fingering weight yarn with one strand of mohair silk lace So I have three strands, but different than their three strands. And I swatched and my gauge is a little off, so I did a little bit of math and I'm altering the yoke. It's a circular yoke, top down sweater, and it's cropped. And the way you knit the circular yoke is she tells you do an increase row and then knit X number of rows. Increase row, X number of rows. Versus a lot of patterns say, increase row, knit for this length. Increase row, knit for this length. So I'm just altering the number of rows in between increase rows that my yoke isn't too long because with my row gauge, it would have been too long. Mm -hmm. So easy adjustments. One thing I will say about the pattern is it does not have a schematic, which is a little bit annoying because I really wanted to see certain measurements and she does have paragraph descriptions of measurements but she doesn't give specifics about ease and other things that I really wanted to see. So that was a negative about the pattern. So far, the pattern is easy to follow. I'm just about to separate for sleeves. So I'll put my sleeves onto waist yarn. And then of course it's a cardigan. So it's knit back and forth. Mm -hmm. The button bands will be picked up at the end and from the sleeve separation down, you work a lace chart. So, It's a beautiful lace chart that has a couple of baubles, not really, they're noops. They're not totally horrendous noops. Mm -hmm. I won't be swearing, I don't think. (laughs) And those go organically into a beautiful twisted rib hem. And it's so pretty, and I'm loving it. So my colors are Molly Ringwald, which is a discontinued light pink by Madeline Tosh. And then the Mohair Silk is by Western Sky Knits, and it's in blush which is a really really beautiful pale pink and the fabric makes me so happy it is gorgeous and I just want to knit on that all the time (laughs) all the time because I can't wait for it to be done and I had asked some of my knitting friends which sweater should I start next and Robbie actually recommended I not knit this one because she didn't think I'd have an opportunity to wear a chunky weight sweater but because it's two strands of fingering held with mohair. It's really not that thick of a fabric. It's not going to be too warm for uh, for me to wear here, at least occasionally. So very excited about that. Hopefully the next time we record that will be done. That's Yay. the Magnolia Chunky Cardigan by Camilla Vad. That was a lot of knitting. Ever face the tedious task of having to drop down and correct a mistake in your knitting? The Fix-A-Stitch is here to help. It's a double-ended tool that uses a patented method to change stitches from knit to purl, or Pearl to knit quick and easy. Check our website for great tutorials and other ways to use it. The tool comes in a package of three for light, medium, and bulky weights. A lace weight tool is sold separately. Fix a Stitch is available at local yarn shops around the country. More information is available at www.fixastitch.com. Thank you, Fix a Stitch, for being our sponsor for the month of March. And I just wanted to add that I believe you can
1: also find their videos on how to use the tool on YouTube as well. Oh, probably. So if you type in Fix a Stitch on the YouTube website, you should be able to find those videos.
0: Yep. And they're good ones too. Yeah. Very helpful.
1: What have you finished? I've finished one thing I've finished my ranunculus sweater, which is a pattern by Midori Hirose. It's a popular pattern on Ravelry. There are 4,600 projects as of yesterday on Ravelry. (laughs) Ranunculus has a circular yoke. You can knit the sweater itself long or short. You can knit the sleeves, of course, long or short. And I knit mine in a new-to-me yarn from a company in Denmark called Onling. It's O with an umlaut, N-L-I-N-G, onling. And the two blends that I used are only number 10 and only number 11. Number 10 is a mohair silk and number 11 is a merino cashmere. So my sweater is very soft, Ooh. slightly fuzzy, and it weighs very, very little because it's just so light in mass, in weight. It's just incredibly light. feels really good. I used one strand of a bright pink and one strand of a very, very pale pink. It almost looks natural or white next to the bright pink. And so the two of them together create kind of a marled effect and it came out really nice. I can't wait to see it and pet it. I haven't been able to wear it yet because I haven't washed it and haven't blocked it. So I'm really close
0: though, really close to wearing it.
1: I'm excited. <laughs> so how about
0: you, Gail? What have you finished? I finished my second ranunculus. So Yay. Charlene and I were actually knitting them at the same time, which was fun. <laughs> and I used Madeline Tosh, a discontinued lace weight of theirs, which is a merino nylon cashmere blend held doubled with Western Sky Knits, silk, and mohair. So even finer fabric than Charlene's because yours is fingering
1: mm-hmm. and lace,
0: right? And it's the same combination of weights that I used for my first ranunculus, which I wear very often. So this one is burgundy and my first one was light pink and pretty soon I'm going to need another one in another <laughs> color. They're really, really quick knits because the gauge is very large. Yeah. So they fly off the needles. I think we each knit they it do. in about two weeks, yeah. maybe. So very, very quick knit. And I love it. I also finished my sorrel, which is by Wool and Pine. And you've heard a lot of this You've heard a lot about this sweater over the last few episodes because Charlene already finished hers. We were knitting that at the same time as well. And I have not worn mine. I blocked it and everything, but I didn't have my act together to get it ready to wear to stitches. And I was going to try to wear it today, but failed. (laughs) So that's Sorrel by Woolen Pine. And I finished my February hat. So I'm trying to knit one hat every month. So it's not named the February hat, but it's the hat I knit for the month of February. It's called Magical Mermaid Hat by Christy Gifford. And I used leftover Red Heart Dreamy from Josie's Dottie Cardigan. And it was a really nice hat pattern. It's free on Ravelry. The only thing I don't, I love the hat. I love how it turned out. However, the yarn I used has a slight halo to it. And the textured panels in the hat don't look as crisp mm. as they could because of the halo. Mm-hmm. It's still very pretty. It's a lovely hat and it's going to keep someone's head very warm, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend a yarn with a halo for a textured anything in general. So, but that is the Magical Mermaid Hat by Christy Gifford. I highly recommend it.
1: So, in our ongoing series about knitting sweaters, we wanted to talk about cast ons today. And We can't effectively teach you new cast-ons on an audio podcast, but we just want to discuss cast-ons a little bit and give you some ideas and resources to use to learn perhaps some new cast-ons or places you can go to find information on new cast-ons and perhaps why you would want to use a
0: different (laughs) cast-on. And this applies not only to sweater knitting, it applies to knitting to anything. anything. Yes, that's
1: true. That's very true. My favorite book to use for cast-ons is an old Vogue knitting book. This one, to me, it's an oldie but a goodie. I have... tried and true? Yes, it is. I have, like I said, an older version. The book has been revised many times and there are lots of older versions out there and i just i mention it because i want to say that if you do happen to come across a used bookshop they are a dying breed there aren't that many yeah, left anymore yeah, so if you do come across a used bookshop or a library sale and you happen to see a vogue knitting book even though it's an older edition don't be hesitant to pick up an older used version of this book Or one of the variants of it. There are, they have released also some paperback versions of it that are smaller with abridged versions of the information. So there are a lot out there. But the thing is, the information on doing cast ons and bind offs increases, decreases, it's still relevant. Right. There might be newer information about new tools and things that have changed over the past decade. But the stitches themselves are still the same stitches as when the
0: book was printed. As when knitting was invented. Yes, exactly. So
1: never be hesitant about picking up an older knitting book if you're interested in some of the techniques that are in there. That's still relevant. One of the things that I have noticed is that sometimes the contemporary name for a stitch may have changed. Sometimes a couple decades ago, the stitch may have been referred to in a different way. So that may change. And sometimes stitches are referred to in a different way, for example, in Europe or in the United States. So you can look out for that, but if you know what you're looking for, you could still learn something
0: from the older books. And I wanted to say eBay is often Mm, a good place. It's usually the shipping is expensive because books are heavy. However, it's another good resource if you're trying to pick up an older book.
1: And if you prefer videos, there's always YouTube, YouTube, the source of instruction for just about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there even are things you shouldn't learn. Yes, exactly. And there are even written directions available online as well. If you can learn that way, different people learn different ways. So some folks can look at a picture in a book and learn a stitch. For example, some folks have to look at a video. I, myself, sometimes look at videos of people doing stitches and it just goes right over my head blows my mind because i can't follow it and they go too fast and
0: (laughs) (laughs) cast-ons especially are that way for me when i try to watch it on a video sometimes because the yarn is being manipulated with the needles usually in an unusual way, yeah, it's really hard for me to grasp. I have a hard time with that. I don't know why. So either. this is a good time also if you have a local yarn store yes. to avail yourself to lessons because this is a really good use of lessons because it's something that's a fundamental skill you need to knit anything.
1: right? And
0: you can usually get really good instruction in person for any kind of cast on that you need. That was going to
1: be my next suggestion, too. If you have a local yarn store, it's always great to go in and ask. My advice is to inquire first about store policies, perhaps with lessons and teaching, because sometimes you walk into a store on a Saturday afternoon and the store is busy You can't get angry at the staff if they don't have time to drop everything to teach you a decorative, pico, invisible (laughs) cast-on. Absolutely. So inquire when the best time would be for you to come in and learn something. Inquire who would be the best teacher. Better yet, schedule a class if you can, because I teach a lot of knitting skills, and I know I am a better teacher if I have been given the time to prepare and think about what my student wants to learn. Yeah. I like to teach that way so that I have time to prepare resources for them if I need hands out handouts to gather all those things. And I think it's the best way for a student to be successful in that kind of situation rather than just popping into a yarn store. Yeah. <laughs> But different yarn stores are different too. It depends. Some yarn stores may have a larger staff and they have time to do that. So that's why
0: just be polite and make an inquiry before you walk in. And one online resource that I always like and is highly recommended by most knitters I know is the Mm verypink.com site. Mm -hmm. And she does have a very large selection of different cast-ons and videos to go with them. So if you can't visit a local yarn store and, or you don't have a friend who already knows how to do it, who can teach you, that's a really good video resource. Yeah,
1: definitely. So So when Gail and I were talking about this, we were saying that both of us tend to use the same cast-ons for a lot of situations and a lot of garments and the same cast-ons, even from garments to accessories, will use the same when you are choosing a cast-on, there are a lot of things to take into consideration. How you want your cast-on to look, for example. Do you want it to look a certain way? One of the situations where I'm particularly picky is on a cowl where there's going to be an obvious cast-on and an obvious bind off I like to have those if I can't have them identically matching, then I like to have them as close as possible. For example, mm-hmm. some situations require a cast-on that is stretchy. Some situations require a cast-on that is tighter. Some may require that decorative pico mm-hmm. cast-on. So depending on what you're making, you may or may not choose to seek out a different cast on from what you normally use.
0: You know, what's interesting is just this last week, I had two different patterns. that called for two different cast ons, one tight and one provisional. So also of course, look at your pattern. Yes. But another common cast on is the provisional cast on. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this before. It's a cast on where you're going to work in the opposite direction from the rest of the fabric, or in the case of the hat I just cast on, you're going to fold the brim and then you're going to knit the provisionally cast on stitches as live stitches. You put them back on a needle as live stitches, and then you fold it under and you knit the provisional stitch together with the other live stitch to make a folded brim. Mm-hmm. And I've done that with pico folded edges mm-hmm. on sweaters yeah. and things like that. So that's another type of category of cast-ons because there are many different ways to do a provisional cast-on. Correct. So that's another category to think of. So
1: when choosing a method of cast-on, think what is your goal or what is your reason for wanting something different from your basic or your usual cast-on. Perhaps you are knitting socks where you might want a stretchy cast-on if you're starting from the cuff for example and knitting down to the heel you might want a stretchier cast on than you usually use you may want that decorative cast on like we joked about the Pico cast on mm-hmm. you may want something decorative for example if you're knitting outward in a circle for example perhaps a circular shawl or a doily or any Thing that starts in the center and you're knitting outwards in a circle, that's going to be a different kind of cast-on. There are double-sided cast-ons that you use for toe-up socks, where you need to be knitting on both sides of the toe or both sides of the sock. You're ultimately knitting in the round, of course, as you go up the foot, but usually when you start at the toe, you start with a flat cast on where you have stitches on both sides there are cast ons that are multicolored if you want to wrangle two yarns when you're casting oh boy are those fun (laughs) yes and then gail mentioned the provisional cast on which you can use to knit in a different direction in the opposite direction that you started there's something called a mobius cast on where you knit outward in two directions at the same time, and then tubular cast-ons. I think we might have used tubular
0: cast-on. It was Was part of vernunculus, but I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I don't remember if I did or not. And what a tubular cast-on is, is a cast-on that makes your stitches look like they just start without a cast-on row. Usually for ribbing usually for ribbing and there is a matching tubular bind off. So it's a good choice. For example, if you want your cast on and bind off to match exactly for some reason, weekender also, yes, tubular, those weekender cast on and bind off. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some examples of why you would seek out a different
0: cast on. You are, taken this away this is the instructor charlene i present to you the instructor charlene as i sit here and learn
1: and then the other thing that i was thinking about like i said many people use the same cast on for most of their projects so what other kinds are there or what kinds of cast ons are there long tail cast on that's is one of yeah one of the most common ones one of the simplest cast-ons is called the backwards loop cast-on, which you can do with one finger or over your thumb. That's a pretty basic one. I often use that to teach kids mm, to cast-on. Uh-huh. And for some reason, it's the cast-on... I've noticed that a lot of people who have been knitting a long, long time learned when... I guess when they were kids. Yeah. So I guess... if And, if, and some of them... A lot of them actually have are still using that cast on never learned in all their years of knitting to do another one which just shows
0: how versatile
1: it is even a single cast on can
0: be and there's another your backwards loop reminded me there's another area if you're going to knit a sweater where there's often Stitches cast on after you've separated for the sleeves, there's often an area where you cast on the underarm area, Mm -hmm. and that's often done with a backwards loop, and then you continue on with the live stitches. So that's another area where you will almost always see cast on X number of stitches. Yeah. Yeah, And if they
1: don't specify what type of cast on to use for those underarm stitches, sometimes in patterns I've seen it's specified to use either a cable cast on Mm -hmm. or a knitted on cast on sometimes you can use backwards loop because even though it's not as tidy as other cast ons a lot of times when you sew the hole closed on your underarm if, if they're next to the cast on sometimes you get a little hole on either side if you sew those closed then a lot of times it doesn't matter because you don't really see that edge anyway yeah so yeah knitted on cable i mentioned the tubular already there are decorative ones like a pico cast on and then there are occasionally you'll see in patterns that there are specific cast ons that are named after Like a region of origin or a type of project, like a Guernsey
0: cast on or a German cast on. Yeah, German cast on. That's a stretchy cast on a lot of people use for cuff down socks. Yeah.
1: And one thing to be aware of is that, like many things in knitting, cast ons can have different names when they come from different places. So you'll see an odd name for a cast on or a different name in a pattern that you aren't familiar with. It may be a cast on that, you know, by another name, or it may be a brand new cast on. I've run across that a lot. Cast ons that are the same cast on called by many different yes, names. I've encountered that too. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's no. Uniform. There's no rule book. Yes. There's no rule book. <laughs> and like I said, sometimes Cast-ons or stitches that were called one thing a decade or two ago, maybe called a different thing in contemporary knitting
0: language. So thank you for that very (laughs) in-depth primer about cast-ons. And again, find a good resource if you haven't learned a cast-on and the videos online and or the pictures online aren't working for you because there are lots of different cast-ons, lots of different ways to do it. And you basically can get away with one or two in your repertoire. Mm-hmm.
1: And like we said, everybody learns differently. If you can't learn a cast on from a book, that's completely fine. Yeah. If you can't learn a cast on from a video. That's completely fine. Everybody learns differently. Just find a way that works for you. And if
0: you don't have a best friend who's a very talented <laughs> knit, knitting instructor to help you in your times of need. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky.
1: (laughs) And of course, Ravelry is a good source. There are technique groups. There are lots of other resources on Ravelry. If you look in the the groups area, there are discussions where people discuss the pros and cons. And there are a lot of people that feel very strongly about these things that are more than willing to help you get something correct it's true
0: Ravelry as always is a great source of inspiration help assistance everything yes exactly and speaking of Ravelry I'm glad you mentioned it because I have been failing to give knit along updates oh so I got all caught up in our Ravelry (laughs) group yesterday I was woefully behind and I got caught up so the self-indulgent knit along Our next episode will be the wrap up because it ends on the spring solstice, which is March 19th at midnight. So it will be midnight our time. So Pacific daylight time now. We just did our switch to daylight savings time today. We are now in Pacific daylight saving time. Right. So midnight our time. And there are pattern prizes, there are yarn prizes, and there's a beautiful handmade wooden yarn bowl prize from Mary's husband. So wonderful Yay. prizes. And I was just astonished yesterday catching up. There are already 133 finished projects. And we still have, what, two weeks to go yeah. or 10 days to go or yeah. something. And so many beautiful objects. There are sweaters. There are a ton of socks this time, more socks than I think we usually see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Lots of hats and shawls. There are animals. There's just a cool. the huge variety of FOs and they're all adorable. And lucky enough for me, there are several sweaters that I've been stocking. So I got to see some of our knitting friends wearing sweaters that I've been stocking and thought, well, I don't know. Well, and great. then one of them, Hamiko, is just this beautiful sweater and it was near the end of all the finished objects that I was scrolling through and I said oh my gosh there it is (laughs) so I love to see the finished objects it's very exciting and you have until midnight on March 19th so keep on knitting for the self-indulgent knit along and thanks for listening
1: thank you everybody
0: bye you guys happy Happy knitting knitting. you can find our podcast on iTunes
1: at Yarniax Podcast Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.